news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a terrific start to your Thursday. You can find all the great content from the Talking Chop Podcast Network as well as the written content from Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. You can find the Talking Chop Podcast Network wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. You can find myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously the Braves, coming into Wednesday night, had dropped their first two games in Los Angeles and were hoping to find a way to be able to avoid a sweep against the Dodgers. Well, much as it had been in the first two games of the series against L.A., the Braves just unfortunately could not get anything going offensively. Facing just another outstanding pitcher in Max Scherzer, the Braves' offense just did not have any answers through the first six innings of the game. Meanwhile, Max Freed gave up an early home run to Max Muncie as well as a second home run to Austin Barnes. But beyond that, he had settled he settled down quite well. Overall, Max Freed certainly looked very well. He over his seven starts, including through six innings in last night's game, Max Freed absolutely has been phenomenal. 1.76 ERA over his past seven starts, and through six innings in last night's game. Yes, the Braves were losing two to nothing, but for the second straight night, the Braves pitching had done its job. Just like Charlie Morton on Tuesday evening, Max Freed absolutely did his job on Wednesday night. Well, then the Braves, though it seemed like even being behind two runs, it just seemed like the Braves were very much out of the game because they could not get anything going on offensively, they finally found some success. Eddie Rosario, who obviously was making one of his first few starts in a Braves uniform, connected on an opposite field home run in the top of the seventh inning to give the Braves, to to allow for the Braves to tie the score and give them new life in the game. And then in the top of the eighth inning, after Tyler Matzik had come on and prevented the Dodgers from scoring in the bottom of the seventh, Dansby Swanson connected with the home run to make the score 3-2. to two. So the Braves certainly were showing late life, just as they did on Monday evening. They were showing the capability of getting back into the game, and this time taking the lead. The bottom of the eighth inning, it felt like as if they'd be able to get through the eighth with the lead. As Tyler Matzik, though he did allow Trey Turner to reach third base, he struck out Mookie Betts, and that resulted with, runner, with Trey Turner on third, Justin Turner coming to the plate, and obviously two outs. Then Brian Snicker took Tyler Matzik out, brought Chris Martin in, and unfortunately the rest was history. Three straight opportunities through two hits and a walk by the Dodgers, and the end result was a 4-3 lead for L.A. Joe Kelly then came on to close out the game, and the Braves lose. Four to three, a disappointing, a disappointing outcome. The Braves' starting pitching was certainly there. The offense did its job by coming back late, but unfortunately, the bullpen was not able to hold the lead. A bit of a questionable decision by Brian Snicker with how well Tyler Matzik was pitching, instead of letting him face uh, Justin Turner, and with how well Matzik had been pitching as of late, he goes with Chris Martin. Unfortunately, the Dodgers are able to come back, and the Braves get swept. Overall, a fairly disappointing stretch of games 
for the Braves. So not all that surprising against the Yankees, the Giants, and the Dodgers. I mean, really, when you look at it, when it comes to the Yankees and the Dodgers, right now, it's it's pretty easy to say those two teams are just more talented than this version of the Braves. So being, being swept in, in all five games against the Yankees and the Dodgers, yes, it's a bit disappointing, but unfortunately, the timely hitting wasn't there in those games. Of course, there you know, were some pretty questionable calls by the umpires, among other things. The Braves did beat the Giants in their series in Atlanta. But overall, in this eight-game stretch against playoff-caliber teams, though the Braves did go 2-6, and six, the pitching surely was, was good enough, especially the starting pitching for the Braves, for there to be better outcomes in these games. The power production was there as well for Atlanta. The only thing that wasn't there was timely hitting. And with what the Braves have put together on the fly, that right now may just be something against quality teams that stands out as an area of improvement for Atlanta. The power is certainly there, but the consistent ability to create scoring opportunities has to be better for the Braves to be able to get some wins against these quality opponents. But at the end of the day, the Braves do get swept in LA, and the end result with Philadelphia and Washington having not played on Wednesday night is that now the Braves this morning are two games up in the division as they head to Colorado to face the Rockies. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Over the past week, the Braves have seen their division lead shrink by three and a half games as they took on a much tougher part of their schedule, while the Phillies, who have now won five in a row, started a a stretch of games which they arguably have the easiest schedule in the majors through the end of the season, and the end result has been a a three-and-a-half game shrink in the Braves' division lead. But at the end of the day, there is a bit of positive now as the Braves head to Colorado. They still have a two-game lead, and over the next 13 games, the Braves have seven games against the Rockies, three against the Nationals, and three against the Marlins. Their schedule is perhaps as easy are even a bit easier than the Phillies, who also will be facing the Brewers and the Mets over the next two weeks themselves. So the schedule toughness for both the Braves and Phillies now evens out with the Braves having at least a two-game lead when it comes to the standings as of today. According to Fangrass, the Braves still have over a 67% chance to win the division and over a 71% chance to, or excuse me, over a 71% chance 
to make the playoffs and over a 67% chance to make the division. So it certainly seems as if projections still favor the Braves by a good margin over the Phillies moving forward. A couple of positive notes, obviously, in yesterday's news conference before the game against the Dodgers. Ozzie Albies, as we had talked about on yesterday's Daily Hammer, he felt much better on Wednesday, even to the point to where Brian Snicker said he could make an appearance early in this series against Colorado. I would imagine that for the Braves, they're going to take it as as you know cautiously as possible, making sure that Ozzie Albies is at a full 100% before he plays, but certainly a bit of encouraging news. But the other big news from the, the, the press conference before yesterday's game was the opportunity for Tuki Toussaint to actually remain in the rotation as the Braves and Brian Snicker did announce that the, they're still determining what the short-term future will be for Drew Smiley after his implosion Monday night against the Dodgers. Not necessarily that Smiley's not going to have a role, but it may not necessarily be as a regular part of the rotation for the foreseeable future. And that results now with the Braves in their four-game series as they head to Colorado. Tuki Toussaint will take them out tonight against the Rockies, followed by Waskar Yanoa on Friday, Ian Anderson on Saturday, as well as Charlie Morton on Sunday. And the thing about it is this, is that with those four pitchers on the mound, you have to feel confident in the Braves' ability to have a chance to at least be in all four of these games. Even to the point of being confident, the Braves will have the upper hand in each of their four pitching matchups. But the thing about it is this, there's a reason why the Rockies, despite their overall record, are arguably the best home team in the National League. And of course, that is the launching pad, that is Coors Field. But the thing is, to me, is, is simply this. The Braves, as I mentioned, over the past week plus against playoff caliber teams, what stood out, their power production remained in place. This Braves team was able to hit home runs with the Yankees, or, or excuse me, with the Giants and Dodgers at least, and at times they were able to find some success against the Yankees. In Colorado, the Braves' offense simply needs to come alive. The same reason as to why the Braves were able to be were able to have such great success in August is that they were just able to outpower teams that they were better than. And that's exactly the opportunity that the Braves have in front of them now. They're going to be facing, as I mentioned, 13 straight games in which the Braves are going to be playing teams that they are better than, that they have a better lineup than, that in most games they should have the pitching edge in. If the Braves, especially in Colorado, can just simply find their hitting strokes once again, they should be able to start making up some ground against the Phillies. Though it may not necessarily get up to that five-and-a-half game lead, what is in place for the Braves now starting in Colorado then with the Nationals, the Marlins, and Colorado again in Atlanta over the next two weeks. The opportunity is there for the Braves to have a run over the next two weeks, similar to what they did in August. If the Braves can do that, you have to feel very confident about their chances to win the division. Obviously, it's helped. If the starting pitching can remain effective, the bullpen doesn't implode like it did in last night's game, and obviously, we get Ozzie Albies back. Going to be a lot of fun. To, always fun to go to Colorado and play a few games with the Rockies. Hopefully, it'll result in some needed wins.
for the Braves. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast, as well as all the great written content from Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. We'll be back with you tomorrow here on the Daily Hammer. (laughs) 